Welcome to the MindVine podcast, where we challenge the stigma associated with mental illness through conversations about a variety of issues impacting mental health. Here we bring you news, views, and interviews that intrigue, educate, and celebrate recovery. Welcome to the MindVine podcast. My name is Daryl Mathers, and today I have uh, with me somebody from Ontario Shores that's going to help us talk about all things recovery, including a a unique partnership with a national organization. But first, I want to bring in research scientist, even though she has three different profiles in the organization with three different titles. I'm told she's a research scientist. Dr. Simone Arbor, welcome. Thanks. (laughs) How are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. You were worried about children running through your screen, but that doesn't seem to be an issue at the moment. Not yet, anyway. No. We're before we get into our, our, our topic today, which is re- recovery. Maybe talk a bit about uh, recovery in your work. Like, what does? Uh, why did you get into recovery? What does it mean to be a re- uh, you know re- a research scientist, kind of in the recovery field? So I think why someone like me has a job is uh, understanding this organic phenomenon that is recovery. It's this notion that individuals with mental health challenges, you know, have great options when it comes to clinical care and treatments and and those kinds of things. However, although we've come a long way uh, in mental health treatment, there's no cure. (laughs) There's no cure. So uh, what if you are told you have treatment resistant, whatever, whatever, right? Is that it for you? You know, so recovery is this notion that no, that's not it for you. And you are not defined by your illness. You have purpose and possibility, uh, even though you may have challenges. So my job as a researcher is to look at what factors, what experiences, what, um, you know, what can enhance an individual's sense of purpose, of passion, meaning, connection, uh, even though I may have challenges. So, so my job is very applied uh, in nature, and, and we're, we'll talk about it today, is what uh, sorts of programming, interventions, or whatever you want to call them, can we develop, implement, uh, and evaluate to enhance that sense of personal recovery? Hmm. Recovery is something we... we hear a lot at Ontario Shores, other mental health organizations as well. Recovery College is, in, is what we're going to talk about today. And before we bring in our guest, um, as it relates to Ontario Shores, what is a recovery college at Ontario Shores? Uh, what does that mean? And what is some of the work you do r- related to that? So recovery college, you know, if you want to access college, you know, in your mind, that's sort of what it is. But all the courses in this recovery college are elective and they're not diagnostically driven uh, and they are all strength based. So it's not you fixing something that's broken. It's you amplifying strengths that you already have and sharing those strengths and those experiences. So why in Ontario Shores uh, world, why this was such an interesting and powerful undertaking was a lot of times our service users, you know, in a tertiary mental health hospital feel like mental patients a lot of the time. And that identity, you know, just historically is one that is fraught with stigma, 
right? Uh, misconceptions about you, you know, that you might be dangerous or you're different or you're, you know. So, so a student identity or an artist identity or a musician identity, and that's the identities we cultivate in the college, are much more, you know, beneficial to that person. And that's who they are. They're not a diagnosis. They're a person with many different facets. So Recovery College in our context was really different because, you know, treatment, as you know, in general is referral based and a professional tells you what you need. Recovery College is not like that. There are no referrals. It is all about self-determination. A person decides what they want to take, what they want to learn, and also what they want to teach. Uh, because they have the opportunity to teach in the college as well. So in our neck of the woods, it was a real transformation of culture because it was looking at positive risk taking. It was looking at, very, and, and you know hospitals are very risk averse. So it was doing things differently and recognizing an individual seeking mental health services is not a diagnosis. They're a person with strengths and passion and the recovery college amplifies that. So it is peer-based and it's a co-produced and it's very empowering for an individual who's been a passive recipient of care to really sort of determine their path to wellness and take control. Hmm. So that brings us, you know, kind of to the larger discussion of Recovery College. And we'll bring in Erica McDiarmid. She's the National Program Manager for Recovery Colleges at CMHA National. Welcome, Erica. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. It's uh, it's fun to have you on, and uh, this is a topic that I, you know, like I mentioned before, is quite common on Ontario shores. Recovery College. I remember when I first heard it, I was like, well, you know, I don't. What is that, right? It, when you blend the kind of identity of school and and recovery from mental illness. So Simone kind of just gave us a, a synopsis of what it, you know, it is at Ontario shores, and I know that there's a bigger conversation to be had. So what? You know, when it comes to this partnership that Ontario Shores and CMHE National, um, this undertaking uh, for Recovery College expansion, tell us what that, you know, what it means uh, in terms of Recovery College and CMHA National now that Ontario Shores has been involved. Yeah, so um, the partnership has been uh, a couple years um, together already. And um, I think it's really been about you know, connecting with Ontario Shores from, from Sammy J's side, um, who had been in this recovery space for quite a while. Um, and there had been a couple of recovery colleges already established in CMHAs across Canada. Um, and so it was looking at, we're both in this space, we're both um, trying to implement this model that's coming from the UK in a Canadian context. And so let's work together to really understand and explore what that actually can look like in Canada. Um, because often when you're pulling in models from other jurisdictions, other countries that have different systems, that have different funding models, um, it doesn't always translate in the way that you might think. And so part of our partnership has really given us the opportunity to start exploring what this actually looks like within a Canadian context um, and learning from each other in our different um, settings. So whether it's hospital-based, community-based um, and post-secondary based and really understanding how we can take this model that's 
evidence-based um, and has shown really, really incredible outcomes in UK and other countries, what does that really look like here? And so we're able to sort of utilize some of the expertise at Ontario Shores, like Simone, um, in, in supporting implementation of our recovery colleges as we try and um, spread and scale across all CMHAs across the country, but also being able to tap into some of the evaluation and research to help us really understand what it is we are implementing, how best we can implement, how best we can support our local branches in offering this type of programming. So it's really been able to uh, be a collective learning, I think, for both of our organizations to best support the, the local branches who are interested in being able to serve more people um, and meet a need in community where there hasn't always been this type of programming available. What was the reaction like as you were rolling this out uh, across the country into different settings? Like, was there a lot of education that needed to be done or was there a lot of excitement or a combination of both? Um, at the outset, um, there was a lot of education. So, but but in general, right? I've I've given, uh, you know, what is a recovery college presentations more times than I could probably count because, as Erica said, it's new. It's new here. It's a new way of thinking. Uh, so as we met, uh, you know, executive directors from branches, we, and we met from PEI to UConn and everything in between, um, you could see there, they had components. They, they had components that, that you know, could be used in, in this. But once they saw the vision and some of the preliminary outcomes that I had and, and some of the theory, like once we took the research and what was known and, tr and, and, and tried to, you know, um, convey that to, to the different branches, there was, we didn't, there wasn't, it wasn't a hard sell, right? It was very... Wow. And then it was, what's the catch? You know, do you remember? Like it was, no, we want to transform the mental health care landscape. There is no catch. We will support you, help you uh, lay the foundation and, and as much, a little or as much support as you need. Because some branches had a lot of the infrastructure already in place. Some were starting from scratch. So we would work wherever the branches were uh, to help cultivate something like this. And so our vision you know, we, we thought, let's let's do 20 recovery colleges in 2020. And, and we were able to do that because um, because it's, yeah, like I said, it's not a hard sell. And a lot of the community agencies already had a, a huge peer, um, you know, base that they could draw upon. Um, and, and then also, uh, you know, kudos to CMHA Winnipeg because they also wanted to start a community of practice. So we would all come together as a community of practice uh, and Erica was at the helm there to see how can we take the lessons learned at all of these different branches and, you know, not reinvent the wheel. We shared resources, we uh, shared training, um, you know, and we also shared an evaluation vision. So I think the reaction was one of uh excitement really and and you know erica you can speak to the community practice but how many people do we have now at the community practice like on our yeah we have about 150 people on our distribution list for our community of practice um and ranging from 
all different kinds of organizations, not just CMHAs, um, and from executive directors to peer educators um, to students who have participated in recovery colleges. So the community of practice really has grown over the last year um, to be really inclusive and try and get as many perspectives as we can around the table when we're talking about the future directions of recovery colleges or helping new recovery colleges in, in giving them some lessons learned and some ideas of how to overcome challenges or limitations in their particular delivery, whether it's a rural remote community or an urban center trying to uh, reach a large number of people. So the community of practice has really, I think, been beneficial for the collective because it has this opportunity for people to come together with sort of a shared vision, shared um, energy in terms of really pushing recovery colleges forward. Um, and there's been a lot of great uh, collaboration and partnerships that have actually come out of the community of practice as well, which is part of the sort of the sentiment of recovery college is really that collaborative approach. And so we really try to promote that and integrate that into all of the elements of the work that we're doing within the scope of Recovery College. And to give you a sense, in 2016, when Ontario Shores launched our Recovery College, uh, there there was maybe one, like at St. Mike's, that I could go to, like a, a, a Recovery College. Uh, other, than, other than there was none. So to go from like hardly any, to, I don't know how many we have now, we have, what, 30 almost, or approaching 30, right? So it is it is just evolving and and growing um, in, in, in a short period, as, as it has in other places too. So I, I think, you know, this, this partnership is really laying a foundation to really see that transformation. The partnership piece as well, the... <clears throat> You're working together, different organizations, slightly different mandates, um, filling a need in the mental health system. It, it sounds like the future. It sounds like what governments want you know organizations like ours to be doing. Um, what's it been like learning from each other? you know like learning I'm sure Simone, you have really had to dig down and learn a lot about CMHA national and and maybe the same on your side, Erica, but what's that process been like personally, like learning uh, throughout this journey? I think I've learned um, the passion of community-based organizations. Um, like I remember meeting with um, the, you know, director at UConn, who was also working the front desk that day. Do you know what I mean? Like she, she just, She's so, and all, like all of the branches that I met with, they are so passionate about advocacy and, men, and, and doing mental health well. And, and, and actually, you know, a lot of times when I, like if I do lectures at universities or, you know, I really have to uh, talk about recovery, like from a historical perspective. And, and you know, I, I have to do a lot of theory I don't, I don't have to do a lot of education in community-based settings. They, they live and breathe uh, strength-based recovery, right? Um, and I've, I've just learned what, what is possible. So even from a peer, uh, peer support model, I've, I've seen some amazing peer support. I've seen family peer support. I've seen, like, and, and you just get so many ideas. Um, so I think, you know, because community-facing organizations are dynamic and 
they react quickly, they can really evolve uh, to meet the needs. And so I, I just see what's possible, you know, um, so I, I've learned a lot in, in that regard. Yeah, I think for me, it's been a little bit different too, because I came into this project in the middle of it. Um, and uh, while I had, I did understand recovery college in sort of the theoretical perspective, um, I've learned a lot through working with Simone and working with her team and their recovery college about, you know, the processes that need to be in place to really be able to implement the model with fidelity and what actually goes into that. And so that's been really eye-opening for me to see, you know, Ontario Shores kind of is like a well-oiled machine a little bit in how they develop courses, how they deliver courses um, and make it look quite easy, although I know that it isn't, but being able to sort of learn from them in terms of some of those processes that are really necessary to uh, to follow sort of the principles of Recovery College um, and be able to create programming that is representative of the people who are showing up for it and filling in those gaps. So um, with, with working with Ontario Shores, for me personally, that's been a really great opportunity to sort of see the first phases of that and what that could look like. Yeah, moving away from like the partnership piece, now that we're offering these services, you know, in almost 30 places across the country, you know, we have our own uh, here at Ontario Shores, you know, how can I access a recovery college course like what does it look like whether it's here in ontario shores or cmha branches if i'm somebody struggling how do i get involved what do i have to do well from uh, well it's interesting because um covid has really um forced us to operate differently so we're doing uh, a lot of well most i think are virtual um, if not all, like moving back into the physical space. But um, so that actually, it, it was a blessing and a curse, right? Like the COVID obviously created, like the need for recovery colleges was there before COVID, but COVID, you know, forced us to physically, you know, distance. And what that does is create a lot of isolation. Um, and so, you know, we thought, no, the, the recovery college needs to, to, to address that. So, so it did go to the virtual space. Um, so even though, yes, we had that, that issue about, um, you know, physical distancing and, and, and isolation, because it, we were in virtual, we could, we could reach more people now. We could, uh, you know, because before when we, uh, Tara Shores, I'll speak, uh, we, we, were, we were in physical classrooms in the hospital. You know, and, and so maybe there were transportation barriers, maybe, you know, but now we can reach people remotely. And, and what it actually forced us to do is forced us to, to come closer to the fidelity criteria of a recovery college and have it open for anyone. Uh, whereas before, it mostly our service users went and, and family members. But now, because it's virtual, um, anyone can, can go. Uh, and so uh, Erica and her to you guys created the platform basically on the CMHA's website where we list every operating recovery college that has that capability. So I am actually, I'm talking to, you know, Jen Rosso, a manager at Ontario Shores, a forensic manager who's looking for uh, stuff for our forensic service users to do. I'm like, 
oh my gosh, CMHA Calgary has a course on this, you know? So so now we find our, our services can access any recovery college uh, that has the virtual platform and vice versa. So really all you... All you need is access to the technology to do that, uh, but you just and each uh, college has you know a slightly different in, different interface. But because there's no referral required, anyone can just self-direct go to the CMHA website, click on uh, a college, and register for a course. It's very low barrier, which you know as you know, Gerald, working in hospital settings, some some of our programs have huge wait lists, right? And require referrals and all those things. So this is a very low barrier means of providing people with that connection, with that peer-based education and support. So anyone can access it. Who, I guess what I'm trying to say is if I don't know anything about uh, Recovery College, um, What does it look like? How can you manage your expectations? Well, that in like you know, in terms of illnesses, like, do I, you know, because sometimes our services are geared towards people, like, especially at Ontario Shores, you know, it's, we deal with people who are the most in need in a lot of cases, right? Uh, mm-hmm. People who are quite ill. For yeah. recovery college, it doesn't sound like I have to be at that, maybe on that no. side of the, uh, of the ledger. Yeah. So, so if I have like- anxiety or schizophrenia, or if I have depression, bipolar, you name it, like, how do I know that I can access or can I access a recovery college course? Absolutely. Um, so you you can have a bipolar disorder. You can have, you know, or maybe you don't. Um, or maybe you don't accept your diagnosis, you know. Uh, anyone can. Act, and, and, and you raise an interesting point, too, because a lot of times, you know, we'll hear that person's too ill to go to recovery college. Like, they can't. And... I'm amazed when our our clinicians say, you know what, it's not for me to decide. And I've seen people that who were thought to be too ill to attend and thrive in a college. That's the, that's sort of the, the thing about recovery college. In terms of impact, we know it impacts connection and hope and a positive identity and making sense and empowerment. But really, we don't we don't prescribe like everybody gets something different out of it and even you might have the same learning objectives for a particular course or curriculum but depending on who makes up that that course it's very discussion based so it'll look different and and offering at one time you know it'll have this awesome conversation the next time you offer it it's a, a different conversation but equally awesome so uh anyone can go you don't have to have a diagnosis but if you do, that's fine. And you decide if you disclose. You decide how much you share because, you know, everyone is an expert by experience, right? So how much of that you want to share is really up to you. I think another piece, too, is that given given COVID and how so many recovery colleges have moved to virtual, which does increase the accessibility of courses um, because we're removing the geographic boundaries of who can attend recovery colleges and so that actually increases the number of courses available the type of courses available Um, and so you may find you know cmha Kelowna is offering courses that really speak to you um, and so you could take one because maybe there is a course around you know learning to live with psychosis or learning to live with anxiety Um, and so there might be courses that kind of speak to people out there that previously they might not have been able to access but now can because 
courses have become virtual. Um, but there are many courses that, uh, like Simone was saying, regardless of your mental health status, would could be beneficial. And I know a lot of recovery colleges have been so responsive to COVID, knowing the toll it was taking on mental health sort of collectively. Um, so there were a ton of courses that were developed around, you know, conquering loneliness or um, living through a pandemic. And those are the kinds of courses that, again, sort of have such a wide audience. We've all kind of experienced this together. Um, and, and there's challenges and anxiety provoking things happening in the world. And so these kinds of courses are really designed for anyone and everyone. Uh, and the whole idea is to bring people together who might feel alone or might feel that they don't know where to go. And one of the core principles of Recovery College is really about making connections. So it's making connections to each other in our shared experiences. It's connecting people to other services or supports in a community through partnerships um, and connecting people to the content and giving them um, tools, resources, uh, tips, and all of those through through the courses. And I think that, uh, like Simone was saying, one of the one of the silver linings of of living through COVID is that our programming through recovery colleges is more accessible to a lot of people um, because of the the virtual nature of it. There's still limitations in who can and can't access virtual programming, so we're still working to make sure that the programming is accessible for everybody, um, and that's something moving forward we're still trying to keep at the front of mind and make sure if people don't have internet access or if they don't have um, computers that can do video conferencing, then making sure we're able to support that and problem solve some of that. Because we do really want the recovery colleges to be open and available for anyone who feels they would benefit from it. It's a real shift when you talk about being in Ontario and finding a course at CMHA Kelowna that you can take. And I understand the technology piece, but we've been so programmed to access the services in our area that if they're not there, they're not there. And now you're, you're not just participants, but staff are encouraged to I guess solutionize different ideas based on this increased access. That's, uh, you know, I never would have pictured that a piece of this whole whole thing. Has that been a difficult mindset to shift at all? Like to get people to think outside their geographic areas? I don't, I think it's sort of, I think it's a different response depending on who you're talking to because um, for those who are already in urban centers where there are multiple options for mental health supports. Um, you might not think about going outside of your community to find that, but for more rural areas where they might not actually have any supports in their community and always have to travel outside of their community to access something like this, they probably are, that's already on the forefront of their mind of where are these kinds of things offered and how can I access them. So that's one of the things too that Recovery Colleges is able to sort of get at of serving both urban people but also uh, rural and when geographic limitations did exist or transportation might be a problem 
or the timing of courses might be a problem given the distance to get to them. Um, and so I think it does sort of create more opportunity and an openness to look beyond your community to see what else is out there. And on the flip side, with um, with the actual recovery colleges, there's a lot of partnering and collaborating between them to say, hey, in our community, we really need a course around loneliness. And they can look to others who've already created something, um, and people are very willing to share those kinds of things. And so they'll take it back to their recovery college, tailor it so it's relevant to their community, to the needs that they have, but not having to start from scratch. So I think one of those those pieces is that we are trying to get more content out in the different recovery colleges, um, keeping in mind capacity of uh, not wanting to overburden the staff of one particular recovery college um, and making sure that people in the community have access to the, the supports in their own community first and foremost. But okay. I think... Yeah, I have a quick question because I'm as I'm listening to you talk. I, you know, I don't, I didn't know what CMHA was like before this part. But do you think because you were talking about, I, I do see the collaboration, I see the sharing, I see like what you're talking about, Daryl, too, about how you know you can shift the mindset and and go. Do you think that this um, this initiative has brought the branches closer together, or was, or was that always there? Uh, I mean, I don't know because I I wasn't there, but <laughs> from what I'm hearing. Um, people know more about what's going on in other branches for sure um people are able to collaborate and share and connect with people they maybe haven't been connected with previously um and and so i do i personally have seen a lot of really great connections being made that hadn't been established before um and that's sort of within the scope of the recovery college mental health yeah. education type program. and i like that because i feel mm -hmm. like so much service delivery is siloed, right? And the more we can share, collaborate, learn, I think the better system navigation <laughs> we can offer, right? Um, so I, 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 you know, we wanted to launch recovery colleges and, and we want, but I, I, yeah, this is a, if this is the case, a wonderful sort of offshoot of, of that uh, undertaking is to, yeah, integrate us better as a, as a, as a country really too. Mm -hmm. um, anyway. Yeah. And, and I think from CMHA Nationals perspective, you know, we really are striving to, to strengthen our own federation. Um, and I think this is one of the vehicles we're able to do that. And I think we, we are doing that in part through this community of practice by having you know dedicated time for people to come together to give them space and a platform to share what they're doing to ask questions to sort of problem solve together as a group um, and I think that 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 has been a really successful um, process to get people engaged in talking who otherwise might not know that others are actually running that kind of programming um, because and you can understand that you know there's so much going on at each branch at a local level um, so many programs that they're offering and and they are offering you know direct servicing and mental health promotion and so um, for them to also know what's going on in all of the other branches is uh, you can understand how they how they might not and so this is a great way to help connect them and bring awareness of of our collective efforts as a federation one of the things I wanted to just circle back to a bit is um, the content 
of a recovery college course. And I think when we talk about, you know, just the nature of our organizations and we talk about mental health treatment and, and helping people living with mental illness, um, you might think that every course is like super intense and may have, um, uh, like whether it's specific illnesses or symptoms or whatever the case may be that you're addressing that, but there's, I'm not sure about CMHA's recovery college uh, kind of course calendar, but I know what ours, we've had, you know, guitar uh, as a recovery college course. Uh, one of our colleagues did a photography recovery college course. So there seems to be a variety in different ways. I mean, I guess more, um, I'm not sure the word I'm looking for, but uh, less obvious ways to connect with people, you know, kind of various forms of content. And what I find interesting is, <laughs> you know, even you're right. There are some heavy courses like, you know, I, there's there's courses on bereavement and loss, which which can get heavy. Uh, and, but you're right. There are art classes. But even though you may think art is not heavy, you know, you know, just as well as I do, how art can save someone's life, because we've heard it. We've heard our own service users say, I didn't you know, I was I was told about this art class and I didn't want to go. And I thought, no, I'm not a kid. I'm not going to draw. And then on the other side, realized an individual realized, oh, my gosh, I'm an artist and didn't even know that that lurked there. And now identifies as an artist, produces art and says that art saved his life. So even the most, you know, you think non heavy sort of just to connect it, there's always possibilities. That's what you never know what, you know, and then I even hear about too folks that go to the art class now, and this is, this is the actual goal of the recovery college is that community integration go as a group to paint nights uh, in restaurants, right? That's, that's what we, 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 you know, it's nice to be in the recovery college and it's nice to be at Ontario Shores, but, but really, yeah, what you want to do is create that opportunity for social inclusion, for community integration. So I've seen the most, you know, you would think benign course, like it's, you know, learning uh, art or whatever, really transforms someone's life. So you're right. It, 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 it's, it's, it's full of, of possibilities. And, and as a researcher, it's kind of interesting because I have the stories, right? If I could publish a paper on one case study, just how it saved someone's life, that would be so amazing that, you know, as a researcher, we, we sort of look at aggregate data and things like that. But I'm sure, Erica, you've heard too, like just how transformative it can be for someone's life. Mm-hmm. I can't overstate it. I really can't. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, I've, I've heard stories too from um, the people who are developing the course content because um, one of the main core principles of Recovery College is that all of the courses, all of the elements of the recovery college are co-produced with mental health professionals and people with lived experience. And in working with the people um, developing the courses and going through that co-production process, I've heard the things like, I wish I had this when I was going through like my lowest times, or this is exactly what I needed when I needed it. And so hearing those kinds of things from people who are now involved. So that's also really empowering for people to be able to contribute to developing courses and delivering courses that they, they truly believe in and, and they know the impact that it can have. And I think that in itself is really powerful within this program as well. As we think about, you know, the kind of the journey of, of getting here, getting to this, the work that Ontario Shores was doing, the work that CMHA wanted to do, 
with the the help of our hospital and and I'm sure other partners as well. You think about this bro that you've been on. Is there one or two things that you're more or less uh, particularly proud of? Is there anything that stands out in this in this time, whether it's working through the pandemic, you know, finding creative ways to deliver care? Is there is there anything that stands out? Um, I yeah, I think the the hard work. Like this was hard work. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Um, just seeing the uptake i think i don't know that there's any one particular instance it, actually no that's not true i would think the last community of practice meeting we had erica when um when katie uh david presented basically this process evaluation so it was looking at the implementation of recovery colleges across Canada. So she was looking at the fidelity criteria. Did we implement as intended? What did implementation look at like at different? And for me, that was a, a time to really pause and say, oh my God, look at all the work we did. Like, look at all of these colleges. Um, and 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 I think I had a, yeah, a wow moment. So I think if, if there was a moment, that was it when we could actually sit back. Cause you know, you have one-off meetings here and there and you don't see the totality of the work, but that, that meeting when, when she was able to present all of the implementation we did and also implementing in novel contexts, not just mental health um, services, also at the ability center and, and in universities, for example. So that I think was, was a, a big moment for me personally. I think for me, it's the fact that there's so many, there are so many recovery colleges actively running now, um, and so many who are sort of in the beginning phases of planning, um, and that, like Simone had said previously, like going from really zero in, in 2016 to now, I think, you know, we have over 20 that are active. We have many in the works of, of planning. And a lot of that, it was because of this partnership, because we were able to actually give some of these branches some resources and helping them um, do needs assessments, helping them understand the model, talking to them about how they take their existing programming, because so many um, local branches already do a lot of this really good work. They already have peers involved in the work that they do. They already do mental health education. And so helping them just sort of, you know, transition what they already excel at into a recovery college model um, has been, I think, really, really great just to see the excitement of people, to see the uptake of it. Um, and really being able to support at that local level um, in getting people set up and so that they can run a successful program. It's sometimes in, in kind of this industry, people come in from another organization, whether they're partners or labeled a consultant and eyes kind of roll sometimes when those, when those kind of words are used. Uh, but it really sounded like, sounds like having, you know, Ontario Shores having done this for a bit and then coming in and being a resource to your people kind of relieved maybe some fear um, mm -hmm. like that would naturally comes with change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it, it, you know, it's I think a huge appreciation for having Ontario Shores as as our, our guide in in many aspects 
um, and having Simone and, and Katie, David, connecting directly with our local branches and having those what is a recovery college conversation and and sharing courses that have been developed at Ontario Shores has been a huge benefit to many of our branches because then they're given, you know, a, a template of uh, what they can learn from. They can implement and start small and then grow themselves once they sort of get their toes wet a little bit. And so I think what Ontario Shores has offered to all of our local branches and getting up and running is invaluable because without that, it would have um, it would have been more challenging to to get up and running and it would have taken a lot longer I think um, had we not had the resources that Ontario Shores was giving us and supporting us with. Mm -hmm. For you Simone having this recovery college concept and practice and being able to apply it to like a larger canvas like a national canvas um, one did like did that have appeal like uh, to you, like personally, to be able to like kind of try it out in different parts of the country, and has it made our programs that we offer better by kind of reaching out nationally and hearing other stories? I think we, yes, definitely. Um, the appeal. So yeah, so I've been doing this for yeah five years, right? Uh, and. Uh, I have my experience. I know what I know. You know, I've, I've got access to certain uh, literature. But as a, as it gets implemented um, in other places, and we start to talk to other people who have other ideas, you know, my understanding of the recovery college sort of phenomenon is is evolving too. And I'm learning. You know, we're looking at you know all kinds of applications, different applications. What does this look like? And I think that's you know there is fidelity criteria for recovery colleges. But, you know, COVID has, you know, forced us to, to really be nimble and think differently. And and so, yeah, I think my understanding of recovery colleges is constantly evolving. I'm learning. I have met so many great people. And there's actually been so many other offshoot collaborations because of this. So I think my program of research in general is getting stronger because I'm. it did position me sort of on a national um landscape so yes for as a researcher yes that's always good when you can get um you know an audience like that to, to learn about what you're doing and what you're what you're researching so i think naturally you know like-minded individuals have come forward and i i'm able to form now wonderful research collaborations to look at uh co-production to look at micro-credentialing to look at what does this look like in the university context so um yeah i've been very fortunate this is uh, for me as a researcher this this was yeah a great opportunity for sure yeah and i think um because there there have been a few cmha branches who who've had their recovery colleges up and running for quite a few years as well so i know you know cmha winnipeg was I think one of the first CMHAs to offer it. I know CMHA Calgary has been quite established for a long time. And so we have within our own organization these champions um, and really great examples of recovery colleges as well. So I also think that uh, while we've really tapped into Ontario Shores to, um, to really learn and to get that support, I also think that some of the 
the findings and the learnings from that community context within some of those established recovery colleges within CMHAs has also given Ontario Shores um, some some food for thought and some insight in terms of uh, implementing within community context and and different processes and and I think that's one of the beautiful things about Recovery College is that yes there's the fidelity criteria but there's a lot of flexibility in how it gets operationalized that really does go and fit within each unique context and each unique community um, and I think there are many CMHA branches who've done such an incredible job of that and so we have some really great examples um, of you know our own recovery college in Canada of, of how that can look and they're not all sort of a cookie cutter approach but they are unique they do respond to their own community and I think that is part of what makes it so successful I know if somebody wants to access recovery college on Ontario Shores they can visit our website ontarioshores.ca our social media channels have often promoted um, registration dates and different courses at CMHA, um, where does somebody go if they want to see what's available on a national level in terms of recovery college? Yeah, so we have a, a website um, within our cmha.ca uh, page and so people can um, go to our recovery college page and there's a list of all of the recovery colleges that have a website uh, listed and then there's also the active courses listed as well for each of the recovery colleges. So if someone's interested in just looking to see what kind of courses are out there, they can definitely go to our website and and just kind of look through there. And if they're interested, then they can, they'll be directed to the right recovery college and the right course uh, for them to register um, online. Great. Well, thank you. We managed to get through that without children busting through Simone's door or contractors uh, in front of your camera. They, they so did come it, down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. Uh, both of you, it was a great conversation. And uh, thank you for all you're doing in the kind of recovery realm. Thanks for having me. Yeah.